Hey everyone, this is Arnold Gunn with Form Welcome. Hope you're having a great start to the new year so far. Today we're sitting down with one of my favorite chef owners uh, I've met this season, Jenny Kwok of Henya in Park Slope, Brooklyn. It opened in December 2018 and it has become an instant neighborhood must restaurant. While this isn't Jenny's first rodeo, it is in fact her first solo project with her husband and partner Terrence. Prior to Henya, Jenny has been spreading awareness of Korean cuisine in NYC dating back to as early as the 90s with Toksuni in the East Village uh, and Toa in the West Village for two decades. Henya is her latest and greatest, and the success story begins back in Korea where she grew up and her mother ran soup houses before they immigrated to Flushing, Queens. My mother had um, soup houses. Oh, I see. So her, her expertise was broth. She makes amazing, amazing soup. Like stocks, and, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they take that seriously. Yeah. You immigrated to the U.S., I think, late 70s, early 80s, to Flushing. Right. You were six. <laughs> I was also six. So what was that like for you? The thing I remember is driving back from the airport and just like the smell of New York. And it, it wasn't it wasn't like a bad smell or anything. It was just different. a different smell. Yeah, than from and Korea. Yeah. So I remember that feeling. I remember being kind of, com- you know, frustrated because yeah. I was I couldn't really speak English. Yeah. You went to kindergarten probably in Korea, right? Before you came mm-hmm. here? Right yeah. before. Yeah. Right. It, it, it was challenging, you know, there was yeah. a lot what of did kids you do? making fun of you uh, and, yeah. you know, just, I lived in, back then it was a very, very, um, you know, American complex neighborhood. Mm. So it was really different. Yeah, I, mean, I was going like to say like Flushing. Flushing now is all Koreatown or chi- yeah. Chinatown, I guess it's kind of like mid, back then it was really. <laughs> not even, not close to what it is right yeah. now. And also you have two other sisters, if right? And you're the oldest yes. of three. Yes, they were like. They were infants. One <laughs> was an infant, the other one was like a bratty two-year-old. Right. <laughs> Your mom is a tenacious woman. I'm sure we'll get into it too, but she was very entrepreneurial. I think there was a moment where she ran a fish market in Bushwick. Yes. And you helped on the weekends as a teenager? Um, yeah, I was 13. And, you know, that's like the last place I wanted to be, you know, on the weekends. <laughs> she'd come into my room, wake me up at 6 a.m. You're going to the fish market with me. And I'd say, no. <laughs> You're the meanest mom I've ever known. <laughs> <laughs> it was a neighbor with, neighborhood with a lot of racial tension. Yeah. So it was kind of like um, a blow in your face, you know, to really? like just be so kind of naive and unaware and to just be around this tension. Wow. And definitely not living in a bubble. I really hated that moment that you know, those two years of my life, but while I was in it and even years after, but now that I'm in my close to 50, I realize how important and valuable that lesson was to see how, um, you know, different people live and see their struggle and see the root of their anger and, you know. So you think it was like a very awakening experience for you, these fish market trips? It totally was. Yeah. There's something about food markets and just... Where, like, there's multiple vendors. Yeah, Yeah. it's just, it really does bring people together. But it's just, it's, I don't even, it's a, it's a very special atmosphere, I think. My dad would go early in the morning to get the fish. My mom would cook the fish. Like, half of it was, like, a um, fish and chip place. So the best part for me was, you know, eating. (laughs) Yeah. ton of hot sauce, tartar sauce, lemon, loved it. Nice. So uh, I read though that you went to Parsons. So was it, were there any like other other than going to the fish market on the weekends for those two years, and you know, other, other than going to school during the weekdays, 
are there any other interests or hobbies that you had growing up that you you spent um, time on? I mean, I just I was always um, in love with art. Yeah. Um, you know, my father was a painter. I mean, I grew up when we immigrated here. Um, he used to paint. His I guess studio would be in our bedroom. You know, like three girls in our bunk beds, and you know he'd stay up till you know really you know he'd stay up all night painting portraits. He got he was hired by a gallery to paint portraits or um, loved ones that passed away. So this art gallery would pay him to paint the portraits for, you know, people that passed away that Deceased, needed the yeah. portraits for their funerals. Um, and so he would get paid, you know, he'd get paid for painting, and that's where he painted in our room. And I still remember he smelled of turpentine and cigarettes. And <laughs> you know, it was a very <laughs> crazy experience, but it, it's... I kind of liken it to what an artist's studio must have been in the 20s or something. Yeah. <laughs> so you were around, you were around like art early on. Yes. Yeah. And I've always, I've always loved it. I think in my family, I'm the, I'm the one that, um, you know, took after my father in that way. Yeah. In another life, Jenny could have well ended up as an artist. We could have been deprived of the terrific Korean restaurants that she and her mom would go on to open. She decided to forego college and to open their first family restaurant, Dosuni, in the East Village. And East Village then was a much different place. I just felt like my mind was just so distracted mm -hmm. that I thought it's probably best I you know, make use of this and work instead of, you know, trying to get through school. Paying tuition was hard, too, for my parents and living out in the city. And yeah, it was just, I, I love the East Village and I was just so curious and it was, it was, it just made more sense. You spoke about the East Village. I mean, that's where you opened your first restaurant. But how did you convince your mom to do, to open a restaurant in the East Village with you? Because it, it was you approaching her about this opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. She was always um, into opening businesses. Yeah. Um, she was just not, she, nothing really held her back. Yeah. And I think for some reason, um, when I told her what an amazing cook she was and how I, I thought she would do great, I guess it planted a seed in her. And... You know, she kept saying, no, 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 I couldn't do that. No, 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 no. But it turns out my father and um, my father and her, they were just driving around in the East Village looking for a space. And I, I had no idea. They were already thinking about yeah. doing a restaurant. Yeah, but they were kind of sneaky about it. Huh. They weren't really telling me. And then they came across this um, um, space, which is, you know, uh, on First Avenue, 7th Street. Back then, there was like homeless people sleeping in front <laughs> It was, it was, um, and, you know, I remember doing const construction and finding like syringes in the <laughs> drain and wow. stuff. It was, it was a hardcore area. Yeah, it was, this is 92, um, right? When you guys opened. Um, or even early 90s. Yeah, no, it was earlier than yeah. that. But it was, you know, the streets were very dark. A lot of homeless people. Um, yeah. You know, Wh why were they looking at East Village? I guess because the rents were yeah, probably. More affordable. More, yeah. I mean, we were doing everything. It's not like we had, you know. Yeah, a huge savings or yeah, <laughs> just yeah. kind of. So I guess that's that. That was a neighborhood that uh, financially made sense, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay, so they were looking for the space. Did they sign the space without you knowing about this too? Like, when did you find out? No, she just she just called me. She said, "So I think we found a space." I'm like, "What do you what, mean? What, you think you found a space?" Yeah. <laughs> She's like, we're, "I think we're opening a restaurant." I'm like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, that's cool. Let's do it." And um, we, I went and looked at the space and you know I, th those years just kind of flew by for me um and it was just really exciting and 
you know, my mom still to this day can't really speak English. So, you know, I was always the one that, you know, kind of like, I don't, I don't even know how we did it. We just, we just did it. Yeah. You know, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. I remember painting the chairs and, yeah. you know, we had like really no money for any, any kind of, you yeah. know. My mother was really scared. And she realized that after we had done all this and put her savings into opening this little store, you know, she and, and people were not coming in. And we yeah. were making like $70 or something. <laughs> She'd yeah. cry because she's so scared, you know. But yeah. for me, I really didn't. I just really didn't know what else to tell her but to say, hey, you know, your food is amazing and it tastes delicious. And if it tastes good, people are going to come. And that's that's all that matters, Mom. Nice. And over time, uh, a year after we opened, Fran Schumer, uh, the food writer from New York Magazine, came in, wrote a review. It's not even a review, just like a food profile? write-up. Yeah, no, on, yeah, I guess it's a profile piece, but just about a really good dish that she really enjoyed, um, the pork ribs, my mom's pork ribs. And it just kind of blew up after that. People came from everywhere. For the por- pork ribs. For the pork ribs that, you know, the meat, you know, fell off the bone. What was your me- what was your menu back then? It was very traditional, more or less? It's pretty traditional. Purgogi, kimchi bokum, you know, um, the soups. And my mom did this one dish, the jalapeno chicken, which everybody loved, basically fried chicken, but without... You know, it's more like a pillowy batter, not yeah. a crunchy, crispy, but pillowy with like, you know, a little bit of jalapeno. A lot. A lot of jalapeno. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how was it like serving Korean food in the early '90s in the East Village? Was there a lot of like education that you had to do on your end? Oh yeah, totally. A lot of my clientele actually happened to be a lot of Korean um, American, Korean Americans. Okay. That had, you know, a lot of American friends. They're the ones that are bringing their friends. Exactly. And that really helped a lot. <laughs> because they're the ones probably kind of spearheading the explanation <laughs> yes. of everything. Because it was really, really hard. I mean, people just, they're, you know, even when I opened Doha, peop, uh, Korean food was not popular. Mm-hmm. Um, the flavors were not popular. They, they, you know, did not like the fermented. It's a little polarizing, maybe. Yeah, like the fermented flavors yeah. was not something that they really took to till Very recently. Recently, actually, yeah. it was really hard to convince people that it was, you know, healthy. Yeah. And um, that it was really good for your immune system. I mean, it just wasn't important to know those things. It wasn't, yeah. And so it was really unattractive to try to push and sell that. Yeah. Um, so I really have to thank my Korean American friends, <laughs> the American friends that kind of, nur- you know, help nurture, yeah. you know. <laughs> Their palates. And Toa was your second restaurant. Mm-hmm. That's your Korean name? If That's my Korean name. Yeah. <laughs> That's an easy... So did you come with it this time around? Like, how did you, how did this one come about? Yeah. Space and the concept and everything. Yeah, that's... that's You know, it was named um, after me, and it just describes things. It doesn't actually have a meaning, because uh-huh. it's based on a, um, a Chinese... Character. Yeah. So it just means to be industrious, someone who is more city than country and that's totally me so it's always been my mother and I so it's always about you know uh, women is you know where you know we're comfortable yeah and you know cooking is hard and and for a while you know when we had Doha you know we almost thought of just hiring a chef 
you know, but then the idea of a male chef coming in and taking our, you know, taking over was a bit like mm, kind of goes against, work. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, I mean, West Village is very different from the East Village. And I remember when I was an NYU student, I'll tell you a little story. I was walking by Toa, mm -hmm. and I gotta be honest with you, I was like, I did a double take. I was like, mm -hmm. is that a Korean restaurant? <laughs> like, why is there a Korean restaurant here? So, oh. <laughs> no, but so, like, how did you come across the space? Or how did you make the decision from, like, going from one end to the other end of the neighborhood? I love everything downtown. Yeah. And, um, you know, East the East Village was great. Um, you know, back, I don't know what it's like anymore because I'm not really in that area it's so much. It's very different, yeah. Yes, but um, back then, you know, Doc Sunni's, like, we we're very lucky to always have like a lot of artists, musicians, filmmakers come through, a lot of writers, like um, Hilton Ells, New York, New York Magazine is yeah. regular, and um, so many artists, I mean, I, so many, but they were, they came in as like regular people. You wouldn't even know who was famous or who's, yeah. you know, or um, who did all these other important things <laughs> other than just come in and eat a Korean meal. Yeah. So I was always into the village area. And I think with the success of Doc Sunnies, I just thought, you know, let's go and do something bigger. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot harder. Yeah. Like, what did and you do differently the second time around, knowing what you knew? I have to say not too much. Yeah. And I think that that was a problem. Oh, but so you kept you know, a lot of the similar, yeah. even menu maybe. Yes. And, and the thing is, is that, you know, my mother is not a trained uh, chef, obviously, and neither am I. I mean, I did go to French culinary for a little bit, but, it, you know, time-wise, when you're running and, you know, trying to do something else, it's very hard, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I always knew I was going to expand one day, and that's where I chose, West Village. And, you know, um, there was also a lot of great um, restaurants in that area. Yeah. Absolutely. Bars and Even still. Yeah, that, you know, I would frequent back yeah. then. So it was just, I just like to be there. I yeah. wanted to be there. So we found this great space and we went for it. But it was hard. Is that when you switched over to the kitchen? Because I know f until until this time, you were always kind of front of house, mm -hmm. serving, waiting tables, mm -hmm. also managing. Um, yeah. did, when did you make that transition to the kitchen? You know, I didn't even plan it. It just kind of naturally, naturally happened. Yeah. Um, I, I always loved, you know, food and, you know, being entertained, you know, having various friends in different countries. And it just, it just always took to me. Mm -hmm. And naturally, I was just, you know, always asking questions about food more than, you know, it just, it just happens naturally. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in the kitchen with my mother. Yeah. So, you know, at, at a certain point after, you know, I had my daughter it just kind of became more about, you know, I should just be back there cooking more. I was going to say, that's when the kind of the passing of the baton happened and you were in the kitchen more than yeah. your mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I was just kind of um, ready to, you know, not really be on, you know, be in front of house yeah. as much. Yeah. Um, and then it's just the hours. Yeah. I never really, you know, thought I'd be, you know, cooking in a kitchen. Yeah. Or you know, playing the executive chef role. What was the what were the twilight years for you at Tola, and and why did you close? Was it just a lease coming up kind of thing? Yes, it was the lease coming up, and it's just it's it's a really big restaurant to fill. Yeah, and it was really hard to do that with my mother's menu. 
And, you know, at, you know, I still at that time, you know, I, I try to dabble, you know, in the kitchen and, you know, change it mm -hmm. completely. But it was, it's a little hard, you know, it's my mother's kitchen. So yeah. it was, we just didn't always agree on the Certain changes. Things, and yeah. And so I just kind of was, you know, let's just, we're going to just yeah. do it as it is. And, you know, we all, we all knew at the least would eventually you know, all restaurants close at some point. That's very true. Would it be fair to say that Henya was your first like solo project then as uh, mm -hmm. it's something you took under your wing and you kind of yeah, spearheaded? Totally. totally yes. It, we actually were looking at a place in Gowanus, an avenue down, and it's just night and day. And I love that little space that we saw in Gowanus. But my broker at the time, uh, actually, he's my only broker and I love him. He, he said, well, let's go down the street and look at this other place. And we were pretty convinced we'd like that Gowanus one spot. One. But yeah. he was like, you know, before you decide, let's just go look. And I was like, whoa, this is beautiful. Wow. You the know? current space you have mm -hmm. right now. I just love, like, the corner window wrapping around, cafe seating It's a great corner spot. It was just, and I think the previous owners had put a lot of work into, you know, oh, before LPQ. Right. It was um, a French restaurant called Mutard. And it was a really popu popular neighborhood joint, and it was just so pretty. I think the owners put a lot of money into construction. The foundation of work. It. Yeah. yeah, and so we were, you know, the rent there is significantly more, but we were like, let's do it. It's just so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> did the space come first? Like, did you guys already have the concept and the name down pat yet? No, right? It was more of looking for a space and then. Um, it was kind of, yeah, all, all at the same, same time. Same time-ish. Yeah. yeah, and my husband has a huge say in, you know, um, uh, this, I mean, you know, it's it's teamwork. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, I definitely, we, you know, need his input. Um, and it was about uh, doing it together and, hi, you know, his inspiration. Yeah. You know, so... He's 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 always been obsessed with Henyo. Yeah. Since I used to date him, he would just talk about Henyo woman, and you know, based on this article that he read in the New York Times, and he just saved the clippings, and he really wanted to make film one day, and he was going to do documentary on them, and he was just obsessed. And I was like, you know, it was quite impressive. I guess when we had this opportunity, I mean, he he was always in the um, media business. I guess he, you know, he moved to New York from New Orleans through MTV and so it was you know our chance to do something that he you know he really loved too yeah and for me it makes sense because I only know women roles <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was perfect yeah it just fit the bill kind mm -hmm. of thing you know the menu at Henyo are items or dishes that you know I am comfortable cooking that's how it ended that way it, you know it's not because I plan to make it with heavy New Orleans influence or Cajun dishes. I mean, there's just still so much more to explore mm -hmm. and, you know, so much more that I'm working on, you know. So it just kind of happened naturally. Yeah. It, you know, really, I just, I didn't really, s it was not a formulaic menu. It was yeah. just kind of, you know, he you know, heck, I'm just going to put on what I want, you know. Oh. I'm close to 50. I really <laughs> don't give a shit what people think anymore. You know, it's like if, if you know, if it tastes good, people are going to like it. If they don't, hey, you know. But, I mean, I care, though. I mean, I, I, I do want to do <laughs> It's not, you know, I, I, that's, that's a big part of, you know, my, um, 
ideology yeah. in restaurants. I, I think quality is the most important thing. Yeah. Do you find that the most challenging though, where it's like you want to obviously put on things that you believe in and uh, that you're adamant about? But how much of actual feedback do you take from guests too? Like, how do you manage that? I have to say, our, everyone that works in our restaurants very sensitive to you know what people like and dislike. Mm. Um, but we've been very lucky. It hasn't really been. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've, know, I, I don't think people come to Korean restaurants anymore and say, well, that's not Korean mm. as much as they used to. Yeah, what's the main difference in, in the shift that you're seeing being in the, the you business? You know, I think I get more criticisms from... Koreans? Koreans. And I think it's, you know, people, some people are just not really ready for it to be different. Yeah, they don't like change. Yeah, but, you know, I feel that the restaurants that are out there now, it's just, you have to see who's running it. And it's really the younger generation um, who grew up with all these influences and um, exposure, whereas our parents did not. Right. You know, so I think that's the big difference in the food that's being, you know, pr produced these days. Yeah. And it's, I think, a really great thing. So you're a little over a year into your restaurant now. Um, How's it been? Like, how, how was, how would you, if you had to reflect back on it, like, was it uh, fairly, I mean, there were a lot of great write-ups or really good articles about Hanyang. Like, how, how's the ride been so far? It's been really, really great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been a really, um, really positive. I mean, it's probably been one of the most um, positive years of my life. Um, I really did not expect any of it. I kind of thought... Well, you know, Terrence and I kind of thought we'd open and we'd end up doing a lot of, you know, takeout orders, <laughs> delivery orders, and we'd fill up. Maybe we'd be, we would be lucky to fill up. We thought, you know, we yeah. really didn't know what Park Slope would be like. Yeah, because you guys don't even live there. You live no. in uh, Battery Park, right? Right, because our daughter went to, you know, we, we moved for her. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And stuff. We didn't know, but um, we went in with little expectations. I guess that's the best way to put it. And we thought we'd be working, you know, chill hours. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, oh, my God. Which is not true. It is not true. I've never worked um, this hard. I mean, every single time I work hard, but I'm like, that, that was harder. <laughs> <laughs> it's been really amazing. I just feel that I've been kind of given another chance. It's phenomenal. I mean, honestly, like, the for me, what was amazing when I walked in, and I think Pete Wells says this in the review too, is everyone looked super comfortable and familiar. And there was a sense of like, when I walked in, I was like, oh, this is a neighborhood restaurant. Oh, that's such, that's, a, that's like the nicest compliment. That's exactly what you know, we were going for. There's this ambiance to the restaurant where like you walk in. I mean, Terrence is, a, first of all, Terrence is a great host. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a great like welcoming <laughs> kind of. he got that Southern charm. Abs absolutely. <laughs> and so I think, Obviously, he's great at that role, but when you walk in, I think, um, and for people, I'm just kind of describing this for people that haven't been yet, but I felt very welcomed, and I felt that everyone was at ease. You know, when you go to a certain restaurant, it, it, it either scares you off because it's so pretentious, or, you know, they're too, like, mm -hmm. high and mighty, mm -hmm. or it's just, like, too chill, where, like, <laughs> no one cares about you. You know what I'm saying, right? right? It has to be in this like happy medium. Like it has right. to be a super approachable, warm restaurant. And I think that's exactly what your restaurant was to me. 
and um, oh, it was it was just so nice to see. So nice to see like uh, there were not that many Koreans too, and it's so amazing to see people that are not that don't look like me eating it better than I have <laughs> ever done. Like they're literally wrapping the sams like mm -hmm. to the tea like perfectly, and they're enjoying mm -hmm. all their stews and the topoki, and it's just like. I don't know. I had a moment. I definitely had a moment. I was yeah. like, the fuck is going like, wow, <laughs> <laughs> we've, we, you know, we've made it. Like, this is cool. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely, um, I have to agree with you. Uh, it's, it's really, it's really great. Yeah. The amount, you know, uh, our clientele. Yeah. And, um, I have to say, it's just, I've been very lucky to kind of be, uh, kind of have been able to tap into that yeah. clientele. Um, yeah. Even, in my Dachshuni years. Yeah. Um, but I think it's about demystifying. Yeah, that would be the biggest biggest mm -hmm. thing. And I think, you know, if you can t take time to do that, and the way you do that is really, you have to talk to your customers. Mm. And you have to explain to them. What you guys are trying to do. Yeah, right? the flavors and why it's, you know. The just way it is. Yeah, I remember Dachshunis, when, when I was waiting tables back then, I would literally wrap take a lettuce leaf in my hand, put my hand with me, put the samjung and make it for the customers and be open wide. That's how I did it. <laughs> I mean, look at, look at it now. You know, people don't need any help. No. They, they figured it out. I know, they're experts. Yeah. And they're, they're like, we want it spicier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, I don't know if I make it spicier. Yeah, it's awesome. It's definitely, it's definitely part of people's palates now. Yeah. Korean flavors. Last question for you before I send you off. Knowing what you know now, right? If someone went up to you and was like, "Hey Jenny, I kind of want to get into this industry. I'd love to have a uh, restaurant someday." What would you what would you what would you say to them? I'd say listen to your instincts. Mm -hmm. That's your number one tool. Mm -hmm. And stay positive. Yeah. Stay positive and work hard. Mhm. Mm you have to listen to your instincts and is it you know a lot of people tell you what to do right but i think sometimes you just know you know what's best you in it yeah in yourself mm -hmm. i mean what keeps you what keeps you going now like how do you i know you're clocking a lot of hours and, and I, know, I know it must be very hard for you but uh, what what is like the driving motivation for you right I now i think about this a lot actually and i don't really know what it is <laughs> um i think my drive is just yeah. you know i think i was taught at an early age to work this uh work ethic and i don't know if that's a good thing either <laughs> because you just keep working 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 and you're like why am i working right but, you know, I just grew up seeing my mother just, you know, yeah. you know, work with this commitment. And I wonder if she even knows why she's working. Yeah. It's strange. I think about it a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of approaching, you know, 50. I think about things, like, you know, because your time is, you know, more valuable at as that it gets point. Uh, you know, yeah. As you get older yeah. and you want things to make sense. <laughs> so... I don't know. Uh, I think a lot about, you know, you know what I'm going to be doing um, next year or the year after. Yeah. You know, but, you know, it's full of surprises. Like, I didn't know I'd be here right now. Right. Doing a podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Right. So it seems like uh, for, for the most part for you, you just kind of leave, like, leave opportunities and doors open. And, and you don't, like, totally. rigorously, like, schedule things out. It's more right. like how, how it comes to yeah. you. Kind I of think thing. definitely I like traveling and eating. 
yeah, seeing new things, trying new things. Exactly, and I think that's what keeps me interested. Interested, sure. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast and sharing your insights, you know. (laughs) And uh, we had a really, really good time. Thank you, Arnold. Big hug. As a fellow Korean-American myself, I've always been so curious to Jenny's story and her early upbringing. She was opening Korean restaurants in neighborhoods outside of 32nd Street, which is uh, New York City's key town, before all the modern Korean restaurants are doing now in Pompeii. It's hard to take a dive into the unknown like that, but despite the uncertainty, Jenny has found clarity and peace with her new restaurant at Penyo, cooking the food she's always wanted to cook, and having guests that appreciate her homey yet nuanced cuisine. I personally had a great time as well, and I would recommend Henya to just about anyone looking to try out a new curry restaurant. Thank you, Jenny, for your time. Thank you, Terrence, for the hospitality when I visited, and I wish you both and your family an even more successful year in 2020. We'll see you next week on With Warm Welcome.